welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most informational and entertaining auto detailing podcast, hosted by Marshall Hill of Total Auto Solutions and DJ Patterson of Eco Green Mobile Detailing. Grab a pint and enjoy. Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, where we are uh, deep into the evening. Mr. DJ Patterson. Oh, wow. Yeah, we're deep. You, we are. You go Mr. DJ Patterson. Mr. You, DJ usually, Patterson. Usually, what do you say? Mr. Patterson. Yeah, you, you're you're deep. I went, I, I was going to ask you, how's it normally to go that deep? It's just a normal day, man. Just a normal day? In? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, it was a good day drinking the Jacko Pumpkin Ale. It was good. It was you really liked good. It. You struggled with your... Uh, Comparison of that in the shipyard, your first favorite beer. Second favorite pumpkin ale would be shipyard, correct? Yeah. Sam Adams, Jacko. Man, you did a good job, man. Thanks, man. You did a really good job. We didn't rate it on the podcast, though. We did not. We did not. Do you want to go ahead and do your rating, or you want me to go ahead and throw mine out? I'll go. All right. I'll go solid four. Solid four. Solid four. Really, only a four when the Jacko cinnamon nutmeg aromas recall memories of freshly baked pumpkin pie. You really like this beer. You do you not have good memories of freshly baked pumpkin pie? No, I don't actually. Mm. Yeah, that might be why you only gave it a four. I'm yeah. gonna give it a four well, point zero one. Deep root issues that I had. Four point zero going, zero. Would you do? Would you go four point zero zero one? <laughs> That's how you said. No, I said I'm going to. Okay, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> uh, no, I'm going. Uh, I'm going four six. Okay. I, I'm gonna get this beer quite a bit more. I really, really liked it. You know what's funny? It says so. You didn't read the rest of the label when you were reading it a second ago. I did not. Refreshing finish. This, this pumpkin ale pairs perfectly with the transition of summer into cooler days and nights, which today in Tulsa it was a cooler. It was it was the transition day today. It was that that brief right. snippet of like, Bring hey, it. falls almost Bring here. It. Let people know. You know. Yeah. And I'm like, I got to make sure I have long sleeves in the truck from now on. I, After this morning, I'm like, whoa, this it's kind of chilly. What is this? I had to get some long sleeves. So too. this beer just happened to uh, pair perfectly with uh, the day. Man, you, like I said, man, you did, you did a good that job. Intro out of the water, or what? You well, you knocked it? the beer out of the it? water. I did a great job. <laughs> yeah, we should keep the intro. All right, cool, cool, cool. Definitely, we always do. All right, you guys enjoy. See ya. <laughs> Detailers, thank you so much for taking your time to listen. To this episode. I know you're going to get some great value out of it. And so when you do, I would really greatly appreciate if you take the time to leave a review, leave a comment and go spread the word to the rest of the community of the value that you got out of it. Take whatever nugget that you got and go let somebody else know where you got it and how they can also gain some value. It's a community for a reason. We all hope to share and grow together. Thank you, as always, and hope you enjoyed this episode. Welcome to another Pints and Polishing podcast where, uh, you know, it's September. There's a lot of great pumpkin spice out in the air. Uh, I don't know about you, Mr. Patterson, but uh, I'm not a huge pumpkin spice guy, but... uh, You're not the guy that goes to uh, Starbucks and gets a fancy pumpkin spice latte as soon as they uh, become available? I at least wait two weeks. 
Oh, so two weeks in you go. Uh, yeah, that way it's not kind of uncomfortable. I'm not like one of those guys, you know. So you know, two weeks later is sort of enough, you know. You really go sit in Starbucks parking lot? I do not. Okay. Uh, I was <laughs> like, hold on. I, I was have, making a joke, but I uh, I'm gonna. I have got it one time. Who asked you to go get it? Uh, oh, I don't. I yeah. think I was just going through. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna try it. Like, uh, you want to pop? Cause I, I I'd like to pop this this top. What are we popping? Uh, well, I don't know. You tell us. You picked it out, Mr. Patterson. I went Sam Adams Jack O Pumpkin Ale. Okay, so Sam Adams, a uh, brewery that uh, hosts your favorite beer. Um, you now picked uh, the Jack O Pumpkin. All right. Favorite beer. Yeah, Sam 76. Yeah, that would be uh, one of my favorite beers. Yes. Yeah, no, 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 your favorite beer. Favorite beer. We, yeah. uh, Paul actually brought over here today in his hand. What was that in his right hand? I think it was Coors Light. Ooh. Well, one thing's for sure, our guest knows that Coors Light is just about not the best beer of all time. It's, you said it right, though. He thinks that. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Everyone has opinions. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. I think a lot of things. Yeah. What I do know, Marty, is that Coors Light, hell yeah, brother, is the best year, beer this year did, did, and last year and the other year wow. before any Are other you struggling year. to, to <laughs> even to say it? Did, I've had a long Did you have, day. like, a slip, I've like, a mental conscious slip, like... Were literally you, all you, day did you not really want to say that but you just felt like you had to and then like at that last moment your true self came out and you're like 76 is my favorite my, no, uh -uh. oh are you insecure about insecure your favorite about beer choice favorite beer is, what I was is that to why say. you always refer to the mountains instead of the actual flavor of the beer what well yeah i mean no, i'm just saying, you can't really defend the flavor so you're insecure about it so you there's always just no go need for the mountains. to defend the flavor when i just i wanted to point out the amazing craftsmanship of the can. Okay, so you're insecure about the flavor, and you got to no, point no, out the, the craftsmanship. Still trying to put words in my mouth. I'm not insecure about the flavor whatsoever. Huh? The flavor just, you know, it speaks for itself. But you can't help. <laughs> Through the coloring of mountains on the can. It lets you know. That's it's how cold, it speaks. Man. You know when you go grab a beer and it's not, it's like, damn, this is like right now. Warm. It's not that cold. Right, but if you had a Coors Light, you would know. You know what? I'm gonna go to the fridge and get another one. The because this one's not cold. A little bit more purple. It's just and then an I indicator. still have to gag on the beer. So why does it matter about the color of you, the can? Marty, what you do with gagging is none of my business. Ah, uh, that's true. Right. You know whose business it is, though. Hopefully, none of ours. That's true. That's true. Hey, uh, Jason, we really want to know where do you rank Coors Light in the top beers of all time? Not just yesterday and today, as, as Mr. Patterson pointed out, but actually any other year. Actually, of all the years, you know, what what do you rank Coors Light? <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's at the bottom, man. I got to say it's at the bottom. <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> Everyone has their own, you know, preferences. And, uh, Absolutely. Sorry Absolutely. your palates are just that low. <laughs> There's no taste to it, so my palate is just fine. All right. <laughs> hey, uh, but uh, DJ, great choice, man. Uh, what do you think of the uh, the Jacko pumpkin? It's all right. You definitely taste pumpkin. Yeah, yeah, I, I like it, it, man. Yeah, I like it a lot. Uh, Jason, are you uh, are you also drinking a uh, fine fermentation? Yes, I am, but. I'm not like you guys. I'm not drinking a pumpkin. I'm not a big pumpkin fan, but I got Yingling Oktoberfest. Ooh, all nice. right, all right. Uh, I keep tried to, I tried to get us some Yingling, and that would have been awesome. That would have been good. Yeah, if he was drinking Yingling, then we could have been drinking Yingling. What happened? 
Uh, well, I was driving back from Arkansas on Sunday, and apparently in Arkansas they can't sell beer on yeah. Sunday. So I drove in late, late enough to where it was like I couldn't get it. Saturday, I went to go to the gas station down the street from the lake, and it was a dry county. That's, that's and then Arkansas. Sunday, I couldn't buy beer. Like, that's, that's what the hell? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brutal. I remember, I remember staying. We were passing through, and we stayed in a hotel somewhere. We were going on over to Florida. And we'd stop somewhere, and I was like, I'm getting a drink. We're staying here tonight. And it was a dry county. I'm like, what is this? You yeah. can't get I'm alcohol stupid. right now? Yeah. Talk about heat. Horrible. Yeah. Jason, uh, so introduce yourself, man. Thanks for taking the time to come on. Uh, I know we're going to get into some great discussions, and uh, I'm really excited about it. Uh, got the chance to meet you uh, a couple weekends ago uh, at uh, Justin Lobato's pop-up training that we did there. Grateful for Justin, as always, to do free training like he did and take time uh, out of his shop to allow everybody to come in and got the chance to uh, got the chance to meet you and uh, had a great time. Right. I mean, straight from the start, you know, we had a great time going back and forth yeah, in the uh, in the training. Played, played some ping pong. We did. We uh, we played some good fun ping pong. That's good. And uh, and then sat down and recorded an episode. So. Man, uh, happy to have you on. Uh, give us an introduction, though, man. Tell us, uh, tell us who you are. We're gonna dive into the story of Pain Assassins and Jason Bruno. But uh, from the start, I mean, who were you as a kid? Where'd you grow up? Uh, give us a background story. So, as a kid, I grew up with uh, a single mother, so it was just me and my mom growing up the whole time. I grew up in uh, Boston, Massachusetts. I uh, lived my whole life there. All right. Uh, so, are you uh, are you a Pats fan? Are you a Red Sox fan? I'm- 100% Red Sox, Bruins, Celtics, Patriots. All right. DJ? So, What's up? Even, even yeah, with I grew Tom up Brady, in Tulsa, we... Oklahoma. I've been living here my whole life. We just got an NBA team not long ago, so I'm an OKC <laughs> Thunder fan. Great. Yeah. That's, That's a big step yeah. Oklahoma. Yeah. We, we have one for the whole state. You got four in one town. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, after I graduated high school um, and uh, I was going to community college for the first two years. And then when I turned 20 years old, uh, I joined the military. And uh, for 10 years, I was in the Army as an infantry sniper. I didn't start out as an infantry sniper. I kind of worked my way up. You worked your way up how? Picking them up. Yeah. You know, it's funny because... So we were, it was, it was qualification day with our rifles and we had a bunch of ammo to expend. So they were just like, you know, grab magazines and start, go start shooting. And they popped up, up the 300 meter targets for us. And that was it. So we're, we're all shooting the 300 meter targets and, uh, halfway through, they told everybody to stop shooting except me. And then I kept shooting and shooting and shooting. And then after everything was done, because it's computer generated, uh, generated, and they can see your score on the computer, and I shot 38 out of 40 the first time, 300 meters. And the reason why they had people stop, because they thought I was getting crossfire from other lanes, and they were just hitting my target by accident. Wow. So they had me do it again by myself, and I didn't shoot 36 or 38 out of 40. I shot a 36 out of 40 the second time. And so they were just like, hey, do you want to go to sniper school? I said, well, fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. Oh yeah, man, that's awesome. Just by accident, yep. then, huh? Just by accident. It was. Just Did by you accident. grow up shooting? No, my first time I shot a gun was in the military. Really? Wow. What yep. wild is that? Yeah, I mean it. I wasn't good at first, but you know, 
you keep practicing and, and get the reps in and all the repetition you do with shooting and everything and getting your technique down, um, that that's what happens. Mm-hmm. You just perfect your craft. And that's what I like to think that I bring over to the detailing side. So the discipline, I did 10 the years in the military. Yeah. Yep. Did 10 years in the military. Um, Where all did you go? Got out. What's that? Where all did you go? Um, <laughs> went to Afghanistan. I went to Kuwait. I uh, was stationed in Germany for a while. Um, all right, German beers. Do you have top favorite German beers? Um, I drink Belgian beers. Okay. Uh, like the Belgian Abbeys and stuff like that, right? Yeah, yeah. There's a beer I cannot pronounce, but I tried to look for it everywhere in the United States. I found it once, and it was in a 40-ounce. <laughs> nice. So I sure did get it, though. Well, of course. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Because when we were together, you drank uh, you drank Shot Top, which is a Belgian wheat. Mm-hmm. So you, yep. is that your go-to is normally like a, a wheat? Yeah, I like Hole and Garden. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's like one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I fell in love with that one, too. It's got the stuff at the bottom that collects. I don't know what you mm-hmm. call it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's that's one of the favorite beers. But well, when I was in our, Germany. Look, look at our beer reviews, man. We're getting pretty good like at this. That. Yeah, like all that. the stuff yeah. at the bottom that all, collects. All yeah. that stuff at the bottom. Man, like, we're doing perfect good. Perfect review right <laughs> yeah. there, man, for Hogarden. Hell, yeah. And uh, I, when I was over there, though, I didn't drink a lot of beer. Oh. A lot of liquor, man. I was going to say, what did you get? Yeah. Did, you didn't get sicker, did you? No. Oh, my God. No. When I was younger, man, I could pound them with the best. Now that I'm older, it's like, you know, I take it easy now. So so overseas, and you didn't really drink beer at all. It was mostly all what? Rum? Whiskey. Vodka? Whiskey. Whiskey. Yeah. Okay. Whiskey. Whiskey. That's all we drank. In the, it, when you're in the infantry, there's only two drinks that you drink of. Beer and whiskey, and that's it. Wow. Why? That's just how we roll. Okay, I mean, I didn't. <laughs> That's just how we roll, man. All right. So never, uh, never gotten into the uh, peach beer leanings like we did. No, I don't think they do that in infantry. No? Oh. What no. is that? Exactly. It's not even classified as a beer. Yeah. Uh, it's what we had on the uh, a couple you know, Marty last likes week. That that, that frou frou stuff. So. Uh, hey, but so what's interesting about that beer is uh, shout out to when we were at Justin's on Saturday. So Sunday morning, we went over to Justin's uh, 4th Street uh, filling station and had, we've got to recreate it. We've got to have Justin on and recreate it, a uh, mango cart and champagne. A mango uh, whatever. Oh, man, it was so good. Mango cart, uh, beer, and champagne. Yeah, It was quite delicious. Yeah, I can see that. All right, so uh, you get out of the military. Uh, What year was this? 2000 officially it was 2017 um but uh i was out in 2015 waiting on a medical discharge oh what happened i got injured in afghanistan oh man right here so everything uh, good it was either it was either take a medical discharge or change my mos and i couldn't see myself being a disc jockey a desk jockey after Mm. doing what i did you know so um 2015 i was out just waiting, but officially 2017 was my discharge. Um, then I just, I wanted to get into law enforcement. So I did a correctional officer up in Boston and, uh, that wasn't, was that like at a jail or what's a correction? Yeah. Officer? Uh, I worked at a prison. Okay. 
And it just wasn't my uh, cup of tea, so to speak. I mean, doing being in the military for 10 years, having to deal with all the stress to go along with all that, and then coming to home to work with the same stress, mm. it just it just didn't work well with yeah. with my mindset and where my mind was at at the time. So I moved down to Florida in 2000, in 2015 as well. Um, didn't didn't pursue the uh, correctional officer route again. Uh, I started working at a car wash. Uh, started just working oh, the front yeah. lines, man. Yeah, I worked the front lines with the best of them, man. I was running back and forth. Uh, cleaning all these cars and everything like that. Then they had a detail bay, and I wanted to learn how to detail. So I went down to the detail bay, learned from the old guy down there, <laughs> you know, how, how to how to use rotaries, fucking wet sanding and all that stuff. So, so you were uh, wet sanding and rotary buffing at a car wash. Yeah. But there's so yeah. many detailers that shit on car washes, so you can't ever do anything out of it. So I, that's pretty ironic. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, I just, uh, started working for uh, a couple mobile detailers and then, uh, started going to busier shops and that's where I kind of honed in on my craft and learned a lot more, um, from the guys who, who owned those shops. So you left and the then, car wash uh, and you just hopped around from different mobile guys. What'd you do with them? Regular maintenance stuff? Or? Yeah, it was just regular, uh, car washes and maintenances. I didn't do nothing compared to what I'm doing now. Uh, when I started going to the uh, shops and stuff like that, uh, the brick and mortars is where I started really getting into the paint correction side and the actual in-depth detailing, like what chemicals do what, what machines can do what, and all that stuff. So when and you say you were going work. into the shops, what do you mean? Like uh, you, you went in to go work there or went yeah. in to sub out or what? No, I went into work. I went into work there. And uh and then I just kind of taught myself everything else. Like I let people teach me the basics and then I just taught myself everything else I wanted to know. And then uh, Pain Assassins was born 2018. Wow. Um, and the reason why I did it was because I wanted to learn more. Like I, I felt like I wasn't getting what I wanted to learn from all the other detailing groups. Not that you can't learn from them, but it just wasn't what I was looking for. So I just created a platform where I could learn from too, just as much as everybody else can. So what do you mean and learn from? Just, like what, what do you learn? Like bring all these people together who like to do paint correction, who are very knowledgeable in paint correction and bring them together, learn from them and they can learn from everybody else or other people, so on and so forth. And it just kind of blossomed into its own brand. Uh, so when did you start that while you were still at the other shops or when did you? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you started while you were working at a shop. Yep. That's cool. So yeah, from there, did you see while. like, did, why did you start it while you're working at another shop? Did, um, just cause the guy that the guys that I was working with couldn't feed my brain with what I wanted to know. That's cool. That's cool. So I just started it and it's still going strong today and yeah. it's only going to keep going stronger from here. Cause I got a lot of plans for the future. That's awesome. When did, uh, when did you step out and go out on your own? <clears throat> 2018. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Um, when I started paying assassins, the owner of the shop, you know, he, he uh, wanted me to do a lot of his, uh, social media marketing and stuff. And I did it for a little while, but when I started paying assassins, obviously my attention went more towards that. Cause that's my, that's my baby. And he didn't really like it. And he's like, you know, you got to pick one or the other. And 
he, he just made the decision easy for me right there. Yeah, yeah exactly. Hmm. So, all right. So, what's the what's your shop name? Where are you at? What do you guys do? Oh man, I I uh, go from shop to shop. I am what you call a like uh, a traveling gypsy, a gypsy. Yeah, a tra- a gypsy. Well, Sarah, she won Wonderlust, a uh, Wonderlust detailer. Yeah, yep. She wanted to she do that. To be here in Tampa. Yep, exactly right. Yeah, she huh. that was that was her reason why she called it Wonderlust. She wanted to travel around different shops. Yeah, not only you know sustaining her life to be able to travel, but also to just hop around for different shops and and work mm-hmm. and move and go. Yeah, and I, I like doing that because I feel it's a it's a great way to meet new people. Hell yeah! And it's a great way to learn other stuff like right there in front of you, hands on, instead of asking questions online and getting the answer. Not that that's a bad thing, but you know, I, I'm a hands-on and visual learner, so it's a lot better that way for me. And uh, yeah, it's it's awesome to see the United States and see different people how how their shops look, uh, how they do business, and all that stuff. So it's it's a really good aspect, and and I retain a lot of it. And I try to what I retain, I try to tell other people. Hmm. So are the shops pretty open with you coming in? And yeah. Out? I mean, how's the? That's cool. Yeah, they're pretty open. Um. I've had a lot of people hit me up and like, hey, you know, if you're if you're ever, you know, around or in the area, come stop by, stop by. Um, or people are just like, hey, I need some help. Would you want to come by and, and come help? I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah, I can do that. I've been to Louisiana and uh, helped out a buddy of mine over in Louisiana uh, last year. Uh, Florida is like always busy. I mean, you know that when y'all, y'all come to Florida, you know how it is. Um, there's always work in Florida, no matter where you go. If you go to North Florida or South Florida, uh, so Florida is like I love traveling in Florida because there's so many detailers in Florida. Uh, so I think starting next year, I'm gonna start going over to the West Coast. You're just gonna skip over Oklahoma, huh? Well, I'll go to the West Coast and then work my way back. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, not much here. Not much here, man. Well, I know that y- y'all two are in Oklahoma. Um, I think Kinsey Sharp is in uh, Oklahoma as well. Josh Parks is here. He Josh Parks. Shop, yeah. Rads. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian Minky's here. He's got a he's got a good shop too. There's some other guys. Yeah, and see, like this this detail is everywhere in every state. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, my goal is to hit every every fifty state. He said and, last. And, yeah. He said he'll work his way back eventually whenever mm-hmm. he decides to go back home. Well. Stop, There's by. a reason it's called a flyover state. <laughs> Is that really what it's called? Yeah, I mean, it's I've one never of heard, them. never heard that. Yeah, I've never heard that either, but if you I say think so. He just made it up. No, I wouldn't say if he says so. You can't give him that kind of credit. If Marty says so, no. Uh-uh. Well, he lived there, right? <laughs> you don't live there. He is, I'm pretty he is, sure. He's a decade older than me. You're I, right. you know ask what? some people from uh, some other people if Any they other? know what a flyover state is. Okay. And if Oklahoma's a flower state. Well, I'll ask on the community pub. There you go. Well, ask on the community pub. Perfect. Yeah. Do you want me to go ahead and throw that definition out so I don't, you don't later say, oh, hey. please do. Know? Let's, it's, we're on camera. Yeah, too. there you go. Okay, so a flyover you. state is somebody like, let's say, New York going to uh, to Texas, New York going to uh, California, California going to Florida. You know, it, it's people traveling across the country uh-huh. that there's would never stop here. They would only fly over. All right. There's no reason for anybody to stop. They just literally fly over. So we'll ask the question, do people know what that is or not? Because I, I, the <laughs> definition sounds pretty 
Sure. The yep. question is, does anybody do, do know what a flyover state is? is? Yes, thank you. So okay, uh, yeah, thanks. All right, let's let's do it. I'm excited, Jason. Uh, do you think that uh, that's going to be a good trivia question or what? Yeah, probably. I think so too. I don't, I don't think a lot of people would know the term. Yeah, no, but the definition. I mean, thank you for the definition. Yeah, I yeah. trust you on that one. It makes sense. All right, we're going beer number two. Sam Adams Jack O Pumpkin Ale. What I do like about it, DJ, is it's very similar to Shipyard to me. Uh, yes. It's that malty sweetness. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't have it when I went. I asked, and she was like, no, we're out of stock. Oh, they were out of Shipyard? The, uh, not not our home liquor store, but the one Ooh. down that way. Hmm. I'm drinking right now uh, a vanilla porter. Mm. Yeah, and it is pretty good. It's from... Uh, Beckenridge Brewery in Colorado. Yeah, we like Breckenridge Brewery. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, when we've been in Denver, they have a uh, they have a, a tap room there. Nice. And we stopped in uh, and had some beers at Breckenridge Brewery. Is the night we hopped around the different. Uh, I mean, I don't. We do that a lot. I mean, that's kind of what we always do. So I'm gonna go yes. Okay. I'm gonna go yes. If you're in Denver, let's say you go to the West Coast and you make your way back, definitely go to Denver, man. A uh, lot of great beer, a lot of great. Uh, Marty highly recommends uh, High Spirits. Yeah, High Spirits. High Spirits is a great place. Uh, keep that in mind. So, so we want to get into we want to get into a topic, right? Uh, and we are talking tonight. Uh, we're talking about insecurities, all right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, let's let's go ahead and throw out what you think some insecurities are that people might have in the industry. You got any that you could think of what people might feel insecure about? Detailers across the country? Uh, their skills, maybe. Their, okay. Their skills in comparison to what people see. Mm-hmm. You know, how their skills are perceived. Right. Online. All right. Jason? I can totally agree with that. I mean, there's a lot of insecurities with social media i mean social media creates those insecurities yes Uh, and you see a lot of these people who do these pain corrections and they look at uh, the ones who are better and you know they get a little intimidated to post that work because they don't want to get people who are going to bash them on social media or or talk bad about their work instead of trying to improve them and trying to give them tips on how to get to that level of how other people are doing pain corrections. Um, and a lot of people I see try to post online for all the likes, all the shares and all that stuff, which, you know, it is what it is, but at the end of the day, detailers should be, uh, working for their clients and and, and producing for them. Cause at the end of the day, that's who's paying their bills. That's who's giving them their money for their car to look the way that the customer wants it to look, not how we want it to look. And I know that's probably a little hypocritical for me to say having the pain assassin page, right? Sounds very hypocritical. And I'm nah, very man. aware of that. Nah. <laughs> but um, but I like how you I like how you pulled do you do you like the movie uh that uh you know uh Marshall uh, that guy Marshall Mathers was in? Marshall, the one that Marshall Mathers was in? Yeah. No, no, the the movie that Marshall Mathers was in, Nine Mile. Eight Mile. Or Eight Mile, whatever. Eight mile. Yeah, you know, Nine, Eight. Who's counting? We are. Right. <laughs> eight Mile, man. 
that movie, man. It's classic. All right. Go ahead. But um, <laughs> like I said, it, it sounds hypocritical to me to say something like that with me having a group called Paint Assassins and how I run these contests where people have to show off their paint correction work and, you know, there's a standard to it and everything like that. But um, if if you feel comfortable enough to post it there, then post it. I mean, I'm not going to tell you you need to because you don't need to. It's just, you know, I'm trying to give an outlet to people to where they could learn, you know, and and these awards and uh, contests is just a, an extra incentive. To All go right, so we didn't go we didn't go into that. So why don't we take right. a break and like talk, take a break from that topic and tell us about your awards, because I don't do. You, yeah, I don't think a lot of people might know what it is that you're talking about. So, you, right, it, so your group sends out awards. Yes, uh, we have paint correction of the month where uh, every month I, I post a a thread online where they would have to post their work for a paint correction where they have to show a 50 50 or before and after and show the a difference in, in before and after of the defects and after the defect. Then, then we have reflection of the week, which is kind of just like a, a show off kind of thing. Like, Hey, what can you come up with? Can you create a creative reflection shot in the car or can you capture something from the sky, like a plane flying over the hood and can you capture That's stuff cool. like that? Cause it's been done and it's just a way for people just to get creative, just to have fun. Mm-hmm. And then we have paint correction of the year where that's the big, that's one of the big ones now where um, all the people who want a paint correction of the month this year will get entered into a pool and that submit their best work. And whoever wins that wins a championship belt. Right. Nice. And then we have the paint assassin awards, which I'm doing. Uh, this is the first year I'm doing it where we have paint assassin of the year up-and-coming assassin of the year and a distributor of the year kind of goes off of what the IDA does for their awards as well um, it's almost the same criteria it's not based off just work it's how they uh, how they are in the detailing community how much hey, they help community. out community there we go jeez hold on hold on i got it i got two of them there you go hey, nice i'm ready uh, mobile tech we did that yeah. for, the, for the sound we had our silicone cups like shit we can't clink glasses so we just had every time we were just like <laughs> with two glasses. Um, so that's just another thing I want to do. It's it's all about for me. It's all about just giving back to the industry. Um, I love the industry. It, it it's done a lot for me personally. Um, so I just want to give back for what it's given me because honestly, it's given me like a second chance at life. Because like I said, when I got out of the military, I was in a bad spot. Like I didn't know what I was gonna do. Um, or, or anything like that, and, and, and detailing is kind of like an outlet for that. So I don't think it's hypocritical whatsoever that you have a group like that. I think if the detailing individual isn't investing hella time into his own business, like promoting his own services and so forth, but heavily investing into your group, that's a problem. But if you're doing mm-hmm. it's cool to have an outlet like, hey, like I'm running a business, I'm promoting social media for my business to get new clients, blah, blah, blah. But over here I have this thing I do, which is fun. It's an outlet for me in the same mm-hmm. industry. That's great. But I think the problem, I think it would be hypocritical. I think, I don't mean it's hypocritical whatsoever. I just think people need to, there's that balance, right? You should definitely, yeah. that's cool that you have that. That's, that's pretty freaking awesome actually. But they need to also be investing tons of time in growing their own business too, and use that as an outlet to kind of have fun in the industry as well. That's pretty cool. And, that, and you said it right there. That's a perfect 
perfect way to put it. Because um, it, it goes beyond pain correction. Mm-hmm. Um, people talk about selling points. People talking about how 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 do you run your business? You know, how do you price things out? You know, it's it's a good uh, source of information for people. I, I believe it is. Um, if they just go and they, and they ask a question on the on the page, it gets answered right away, and it, with no bullshit either, or no kind of criticism either. Um, I, I feel like it builds a lot of their, a lot of people's confidence. I've had people say to me, "Hey, your your page has helped me grow in in doing pain corrections," or your your award that I got for pain correction the month that you sent to me helped me land a job, and that's what it's all about for me. That's cool. You sent somebody an award and help them land a job. That's pretty awesome. That's yeah. really awesome. That's yep. really awesome, man. That's community right that there. That's community. community. Yeah. Cheers. We love it. All right. So, why do you think though that you know you mentioned you, you mentioned the awards, you mentioned everything a second ago when we were talking about uh, insecurities? All right. So mm-hmm. we mentioned some insecurities that we think detailers have. Why do we think that they have them? I think because they just want to be, probably because they want to be where they see everybody else. I mean, what what people need to understand is that you're in your own spot. You need to accept the spot that you're in. Not that you need to accept you need to stay there, but know where you're at and 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 improve. Get to get to where you want to go. Um, I think. The whole the whole way to beat insecurity is acceptance. In my eyes, if you if you can accept that, okay, I'm not as good as this guy, but I can be, you know, or you know, I want to be where he is, where, where what kind of shop he has, I want to get there. But you don't need to just uh, be insecure about it because that you need to have confidence in yourself. And I think confidence and having the ability to just Except where you're at right now, and and being able to improve, is 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 a way to beat being insecure. All right, say that again. Which part? That last part. How do we beat um, insecurity? Um, acceptance. Yeah, acceptance. Uh, what else, what did I say again? I don't know. <laughs> That's why you're like it was really good. No, it was. Yeah. And what I got out of it is that is is. You, you have goals to strive for, right? You see different yeah. people's shops, different people's skill sets, different people's businesses, the size of their business, how they run their business, and you want to be that. But don't hyper-focus to the point where it makes you insecure about where you're at. Be comfortable where you're at in business, knowing you're doing the best you can, uh, knowing that you will eventually reach that point of where they're at or maybe exceed it as well. But be comfortable where you're at as long as you're doing the most you can in your business. Don't be mm-hmm. insecure and feel like, man, they're better than me or they're this and that it's okay. They're in a different life cycle. They're in a different business cycle right now. You're not quite there yet. So be comfortable where you're at and you'll be okay. Right. That's Absolutely. kind of the basis of what, what I got out of that. Yes. So if somebody's insecure, how do they be comfortable where they're at? You gotta have, you gotta find confidence. Okay. How do we find you, confidence? You, I do, like, so, uh, so one of my insecurities, and I'll just go, so one of my insecurities in, in, in my business was, um, being insecure in the business world. So I dove heavily into my local business network. So I went to, I joined the Chamber of Commerces. I went to all the networking meetings and all this. And I'm a young 21, 25 year old kid essentially. Um, these are all business professionals that make 
really good money, have very um, established businesses, and here I am, a mobile detailer, a sole op, like I probably just finished cleaning a wheel 15 minutes ago, hopped in my truck, changed clothes into a nice business attire, Wash my hands. Not probably. I did. <laughs> that, that's that's just and then and I get in there in this setting and I would feel like I was fake. Like I'm I'm not worthy of being here. I was into, I didn't feel like I be, I belong there because I just finished cleaning a car. Or the worst thing is when you're going to a networking event uh, for the chamber and there's big events and you're dressed up in a nice business attire and then the, that same person you shook hands with sees you in detailing attire two hours later in a parking lot in their in, in their work parking lot. That stuff right there makes you feel really insecure about. That's what I dealt with a lot, but I pushed through, and I gained lots of contacts and matured through that. Uh, some business owners liked my drive and hustle, took me under their wings, and taught me a lot of things. And I, I was able to be more successful in business here locally because I invested the time to do that. So I landed things like the airport deal, which was great. I wouldn't have got that had I not put in the time, and felt insecure and felt uncomfortable in my own skin in these certain situations. I wouldn't have got these opportunities. So I think uh, so I had I, to find confidence. I, th I think a premise that of what you're saying is, we, we could see it in um, you know different uh, motivational posts that people make, or go you know go research a group that's nothing but motivational stuff. It's it's basically is literally what you're saying in a nutshell is whatever you're insecure about, you've got to go face that insecurity you have to and, and, and walk into it yeah because what you're going to find out is whether or not you can do it mm -hmm. yep and and if you can't do it you got to realize that right yes yeah get to the point where you're like okay i can't do that right and I've if it's tried, not something that you can do you've got to go make a switch and do something do do else now? yes but if you're just never putting yourself out to test the waters you don't know if you can push through it or if you should go the other way. Yep. You've got a story that goes, hey, I I pushed through and made it. It sucked. <laughs> no, but I'm but I you pushed it. through yeah. and made it. There's some that I've tried to push through and mm -hmm. then finally I've just had to say, fuck it. Heck yeah, I, I got to roll. I get it. Like, But either way, you've got to, whatever you're insecure about, you've got to go and attack. So now, Jason, from your side, if we're thinking – Pain assassin type guys that are sending in photos just to just to get some likes, to get some comments because it makes them feel good because they're insecure. How, I mean, your your point would go no. This is a place for just to be a part and just to share some stuff, right? So how how did how would you handle both of those, right? I mean, there's plenty of people that would say. The only reason they're in these groups posting stuff is because they're insecure, and we can see it from some of the way they do certain angles and the way they do stuff, right? Mm -hmm. But how how would somebody handle handle being in a group and posting stuff if it's something they're insecure about? I mean, that's uh, a I would I would if the person is is in the pain assassin group and they're just posting for likes and and looking for attention because they feel insecure about themselves i mean i wouldn't i wouldn't tell them not to post in the group because i don't want them to feel more insecure about themselves already but i would probably if i noticed it i would probably talk to the person and ask them what's up like you know what's going on and talk to them one-on-one -on -one and, and try to figure out what the problem is and try to build up his 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 uh his self-esteem and, and try to get him to the point where, you know, he feels comfortable enough 
that he doesn't need to post to get the likes that he should focus on his business and, 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 and the clients and the money and all that stuff. And, you know, once he gets to that, that level, you know, Hey, you know, come back and start posting your work, help somebody out. You know, you got that confidence now where, you know, you're going to post your work on there. It doesn't matter how many likes you're going to get, but there could be that one person that goes in that, that thread and say, Hey, how'd you get to that result? Now you have the confidence and the knowledge to tell that person, Hey, this is what I did. This is how I did it. This is what I used. You just help somebody out. And at the same time, you did it with confidence. Mm -hmm. I like that, man. I like that. Nicely done. That's community right there. That's community. I, but I think, right? I mean, there's a lot of guys that, that we we know that. That's a blanket statement. There's a lot of guys that struggle with that. Yeah. Yep. Um, I think it's not just detailers, right? There's, there's a lot of people in general that struggle with something, and so that's why they post a certain way on social media. Uh, I think it's, yeah, with anything in life. I mean, yeah. Yeah, you can yep. tell what someone's going through it by, yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so if, if we're going to talk to a detailer, let's not even think pain assassins, let's just talk to somebody that might be struggling with any type of insecurity. And, and let's, let's think personal insecurity first, and then we'll go into business insecurity, right? If they're personally insecure about something, it might be something that is on their body, it might be the way they look, it might be the way they talk, it might be the way they think, right? I mean, it could, it could be a bunch of different things that they personally are struggling with that they have an insecurity about i know i would imagine we each three have personal insecurities right something that when we look at ourselves or think about ourselves that boy we sure wish could be better or could could boy i wish i could be you know for me add uh is a strength because i can think faster than a lot of people but as dj's seen multiple times i'll walk across the the, the warehouse and there'll be 15 other things that run through my head and I forget why I went over there and I'll, I'll end up wasting 10 to 15 minutes just trying to remember why I was there and what I was trying to do. So it's, it's an insecurity because I just don't know if I'll ever really, you know, quote unquote, make it to where I'm satisfied because I always have this holding me back. So if, if we're insecure about something and we're saying just go face it and go jump into it, it how do we i mean but how do we do that you know i guess it would depend on what we're insecure about but on mm -hmm. personally insecure is a little difference than Personal business right it's much more yeah different. that's it's harder that's some deep-rooted issues i mean it has to be right so, i mean to be insecure it's yeah, harder. Some, there could be some deep-rooted issues as to why someone's insecure um trying to think of some of my personal ones that even feel like why I even have them in the first place but uh yeah. so the interesting part about what you just said um you've known the name Stephen Furtick I, I don't know if if you know his name but Stephen and then what's your pastor's name Michael Todd or Craig Rochelle Rochelle guy uh Michael Todd man he's a he's the bomb uh you watch him huh Oh, every Sunday, bro. So I was at I was at the church, and they were like a small church in North Tulsa, like a small little church they had. Yeah, and then they got that massive oh, yeah. arena, essentially. He's a real big one. Yeah. Uh, at the location that we once had a uh, valet, a, a valet and car wash. So so when <laughs> listen to this, yeah, we did. We had a so we had a valet. Uh, the 76ers. Yeah, it was the 76ers. It was the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, little. 
third whatever the D league. D, well, it wasn't even their D league. It was something else. But yeah, their their build up program. Yeah. So we had a valet company. We valet people, valet cars, and they came in and washed them in the uh, parking garage. Well, what's funny is when Mike Todd moved into that building, they had a uh, big revival thing. So they had people coming in from all over the country and driving in, and we had this big parking garage, and they were mapping out the way to uh, to do it. And I was like, hey, uh, I have a little bit of experience here. <laughs> so I helped them try to navigate it, and it was still a shit show. Cause, That's funny. Yeah. So. <laughs> I have a little, a little experience. experience here in Valley. <laughs> I spent many hours. <laughs> Very late nights here. But, uh, yeah, that's crazy. You, you know, cool. But but there's a, a series that they did years ago that I remember that talked about fears and overcoming fears. And, and that's basically, in a sense, what we're doing. And um, insecurity generates from a fear. Um, and and the, the, the quote that I remember hearing was that when you're born, you only have two natural fears. You have uh, the fear of loud noises and the fear of falling. So all other fears are learned. If they're learned, that means they can be unlearned. So whatever you're insecure about, it, like DJ said, it, it, it might come from something in your past. It might be something that you're just realizing, right? For me, that's something that I kind of realized. Like, oh, shit, you know, something that I've, I've been, you know, as a gift, it's also a weakness, you know. Something that I struggle with might, might start become more relevant in a time like this where people are getting a little tougher, right? You have to really dive into yourself to pull up your boots and really get out there. And so when you do that, you might start to uncover some more insecurities. And if you do, just got to figure out is that what we're going to say like figure out how to overcome them figure, like yeah, we're dig into it try to find the root of it first right i don't know yeah. no, i'm just i, I that's would be a, for personally find what the root is and then from there you'll you'll figure i mean you find the root you're going to be able you'll figure out how to navigate should i i, I don't that's just my guess i know you jason did, you got a you got you a dig, saving answer you for dig, us you dig deep enough you're going to find different answers and you're going to go down this trail of figuring shit out like so some of my personal some of my personal insecurities uh stem from just being in the military and what happened to me in the military like i i have ptsd uh brain traumatic injury i have a broken hand that i can't make a full fist anymore i lost hearing and stuff like that so i'm kind of insecure um about when i shake somebody's hand or if i give them a fist bump i'm, I'm insecure about that there's really nothing i can i can overcome that that's something i can just try to you know get over myself um I, i'm insecure when loud noises happen and I, I i get startled real easily now um i feel like i can beat that i've been trying to for the past five years going to therapy and all that stuff so um i'm, I'm still uh in that battle um let's see so those those are, uh and, and if i gotta ha ask somebody to repeat themselves that's a that's an insecurity to me as well because you know i'm 34 years old and i'm half deaf i mean that's not really a normal thing for a 34 year old so um those things i'm still trying to work to overcome but like like dj said um you just got to find the root and and that's what i'm doing is it, still trying to find the root of of all these insecurities to to try to beat them why are you trying to beat them because i don't want to i don't want to be insecure dude i was never like really insecure about myself before all this stuff you know i don't i don't like looking weak so to speak so i mean i, I feel like that's what it does. i don't like Even feeling though, weak mm, how do you become how do you feel weak though 
from from dwelling too much on the insecurity. So then you feel weak. Yeah, I do. Uh, on the, like, well, what he just said. Like, I never used to feel insecure about stuff. It really isn't until I think for me, it's the more I try and push and go forward with stuff, the more I feel insecure sometimes. Hmm. Yeah. I agree with that because, uh, like I said, I've been I've been in therapy for five years, man. And sometimes you just you feel defeated. Sometimes you're like, dude, is this ever gonna get better? Am I ever gonna be able to get past this? So it, it gets it gets a little deeper than what I really would like it for it to be. But I'm I'm still trying to battle through my insecurities, and those are just personal insecurities. I have other ones too that you know involve business and, and detailing, but. I feel like if I can come overcome these personal insecurities, those other ones would be a piece of cake. So what business insecurities do you have? Just trying to learn it for, for one. Like I'm not a smart businessman. You know, I'm still trying to learn the business aspect of detailing uh, as I go. Um, I never thought I'd be in this position that I'm in now. So I never really thought about it. And now it's making me think. So when I talk to people who, who own a business and everything like that, it's kind of, intimidating and i feel a little insecure at the same time so that's, what, that's so what thing. is it that uh just out of curiosity what is it that you know a business that you're most concerned about is it the getting the customers is it the uh handling the finances is it it's probably uh, the finance part honestly yeah i get it that it's scary and and it makes me just feel insecure about it like the uh, uncertainty of income or where to allocate how to I mean how to do money in business which which part or both uh, probably a little bit of both but yeah. more so the money into the business and stuff You're right it, it, I mean it's I would say that's a yeah that's I a mean, regular I'm one gonna, that almost every week I'm I, on my own I'm I would say I deal with I that I have to bring in revenue yeah. like if it doesn't come in then what the it's the worry of every business yeah though. Right. And especially no, 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 no matter how what, what no matter what level you're at. Yeah, you'd look at the last six months, uh -huh. how many businesses had to struggle with that. For sure. Mm -hmm. Well, what happened the last six months is now I understand that everyone's in the same position essentially. Everybody's struggling to get customers. Well, yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I just feel like no I'll go deeper, a little bit deeper, but I feel like everyone's more transparent now about how their business is really doing. Everyone was kind of Everyone's always holding on. You see some businesses think they're just thriving, but it's like when you go under after any industry, not just detailing, like you go under after a couple of weeks in the revenue. Wow, you must have been really struggling. I didn't. I didn't. So I've, I've I've gained more perspective and in confidence in my own business, knowing that these big businesses and not just in. I'm talking under in other industries that I know of. It's like man, you couldn't survive 30 days. Like, shoot, I'm not the only one that has issues here and there, right? And it's just like, okay, cool. We're all in this game together. That's my perspective. That's what I got out of the whole pandemic is that industries and businesses failing after a very short period of time when you would think they could last through 12 months of bad weather. But that also goes down to pride, that they are being prideful. And what you're seeing on social media is you're seeing a perfect picture and they're just not accepting their own struggle. If they accept their own struggle, then they can figure out the placement of how to fix it. It's just, that's why I think some businesses are, are failing because they're chasing 
the unicorn of the likes and what the visual is versus actually saying, okay, my business isn't bringing in customers. Why isn't it bringing in customers? They're not asking the right questions to themselves as a business, in my opinion. Yeah, totally get it, John. Great point. Um, let's close down this and we'll hop over. John's hopping in from the community pub. We got DJ, we got cooking with Nick already ready to no, go. <laughs> DJ, DJ yeah, my bad. Time. You're right. You're right. Uh, Derek from DJ. I'm going to have to ask you to change your business name. We're having a little oh. bit of conflict of interest now. It's just, uh, I didn't say anything before, but he just called Ooh, you. Oh, look at that shirt. Look at that shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Pull this, out, pull this out of the closet. I was like, I got to put it on for tonight. <laughs> wow. What's underneath that? Oh. Oh. Just the shirt. Oh. He's just wearing the just shirt. The shirt. <laughs> That's it. It's one, of, it's one of those mysteries. You know, you guys I don't know that we want him to stay in that, man. <laughs> we talked well, about insecurities tonight. Let's not make everybody insecure. He because he's not insecure. He, I know. That's what I'm saying. He's going to make everybody else insecure. Oh, All right. Wow. Now, hold on. Let me, let me lean this back a little bit. Hold on a second. <laughs> uh, no, I was kidding. I was, um, hey, buddy. But DJ, DJ, oh. look what I found. They, look what they're selling again. That bonus, that IPA you guys oh, liked. Oh, yeah. nice. They, I went there and I got one six pack and then I, they have two other ones. And I was like, can you guys order more? So if you, I might be sending you guys some more. So they finally got it back. Nice, dude. Cool. Hey, let's close down the regular podcast. And we'll hop over to the community pub. Uh, my closing thoughts on, on this trying to kind of put it all into perspective. I really like, uh, the, the idea and the theory of what base, basically Jason and DJ talked about, like whatever insecurity you have, whatever it is that you deal with personally is going to affect your business and a personal insecurity might, might blossom into your business insecurity in a, a little bit different way, but it might also be similar. So you're going to have not only personal insecurities you're going to need to work through, but you're also going to have business insecurities that you're going to need to work through. The personal insecurities you must go work through because your business might not blossom as well as it could if you didn't handle your personal insecurities, right? I'm not saying your business might go down. I'm not saying, I'm just saying, your business not not achieved its highest level if the owner operator is dealing with personal insecurities. One hundred percent. All right. So whatever you're insecure about, right? The the theory of uh, whether it's uh, good bad, whether it's you know good versus evil, whether it's yin and yang, right? There's two sides pulling, good and bad, to your business. Whatever bad that you're bringing in from your personal insecurity is going to be weighing it down and pulling out the bad uh, or pulling out the good. So how do you then combat, com, combat bad, right? How do you then combat evil? How do you combat darkness? How do you combat that, right? The, the, theory, the, the idea that I always liked was if you're going to introduce light into a room, what do you have to do? You, had, you know, you got to flip on a switch. You got to flip a light, you know, whatever. But like, let's take a lighter. Let's take a candle, for example, right? In, in the Christian religion, a lot of us talk about, you know, the light of the world and you don't put a, a light under a bowl, you set it on a hill, right? The concept is that if you have something that you're trying to weigh out the negative, the way you weigh it out is you just throw in as much positive as you can. If you can smush down negative with positive, 
So if you're insecure about your weight, talk to yourself about being positively motivated to eat better, to make yourself feel better, to whatever you can do mentally to positively push down the negative, right? Whatever it is that's holding you back, you have to go face it because if you want your business to grow to its full extent, you yourself are going to have to be the driving motivator. And so the better you are as a human, the better your business will be. So let's close that down. Let's hop over to the uh, community pub. Jason, before we go, though, where do people find you on social? Uh, you can find me on my personal page, Jason Bruno. Uh, you can find me on Pain Assassins on the on the Facebook page, uh, as well on Instagram, Pain Assassins, and Jason Bruno on Instagram as well. Awesome, man. And if somebody wants to submit and learn more about sending stuff into the Pain Assassins, how do they do that? Uh, they just uh, search the groups and search for Pain Assassins and answer all three questions. Mm, all right. DJ, where do people find you on social? Uh, you guys can find me at DJ Patterson on pretty much all social media platforms. Instagram is the uh, where I'm usually at most times. So. Awesome. Hi, DJ Patterson. Yep. And you can find DJ and I uh, on Pints and Polishing Podcast on TikTok or uh, Instagram. Not so much on Facebook that I don't ever remember. So our Facebook is linked with the... I know, but actually find us there. I wouldn't even... Yeah, I know. That's why I said... Yeah. Don't mess with us. There. Yeah. You won't message me. Yeah, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm Marty. You can find us at Total Auto Solutions or just shoot me a text, 918-800-1188. All right, let's hop over to Community Pub. Everybody else that uh, is listening to this, we would love for you to join us. Every Wednesday at 7.30, we end the podcast by hopping over to... See what Nick is cooking to uh, check in with guys from around the country that are always hopping on. We enjoy beers and have a great time. So come to Zoom uh, and uh, use meeting ID 918-800-1188, and uh, we will be there having a beer with you. All right, you guys have a great night. Thanks, as always, for listening. And uh, Mr. Patterson, here's the community. There you go, man. See ya. Thank you so much for listening to that episode. And let me just ask a favor. If you got any value out of it, right? Maybe there was just one little nugget that was good for you on the inside, was good for you on the outside. Hey, whichever way you tickle, right? Uh, any little bit of info that you got value out of, would you please go share that with the rest of the community? Go onto the community page on Facebook. Go onto any of the other Facebook groups and just say, hey, here's a great little nugget that I got from the Pints and Polishing podcast. I know the community would love to hear it. I know we would love to hear it. And I know there's a lot of other detailers that could also gain the information. So, hey, be active. Be a part of the community. Let others know what value you're getting out of the podcast. Hey, this is Marty, Total Solutions. Make it a great day. Ooh. Ah!